Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Um, today's webinar is on uh, cloud accounting and Xero and an introduction to the system. Our speakers today are Harry Hale and Alan Blinko in our uh, business and tax services team. We will be taking questions, so if you have any questions throughout, please do put them in the Q&A box at the bottom of your screen and we'll answer, the, we'll answer them at the end. The recording will be sent around this afternoon, so um, for your reference, so don't feel like you have to scribble everything down. So for now, I'm going to pass over to Harry. Uh, yeah, hello, uh, my name is Harry and I'm Assistant Manager in our Business, business Service and Tax Department. Um, part of my role at Ellicott is to um, help our clients with cloud-based accounting solutions and just how to manage them, moving on to them, and anything that goes with them, really. My name is Alan. I also work for the Business and Tax Services Department as an Account Senior. Um, I'm sure the first thing on people's mind is what is zero cloud accounting and, and why should we use it? Uh, yeah, so essentially a cloud-based accounting product is simply what it means. It's stored on the internet. Uh, it's not localised to your PC, so um, you can access it anywhere we have an internet connection. Obviously, with the current environment where people are working from homes, offices, parents' house, it's kind of more important now than ever that you can access your information with just an internet connection. Um, these products, they don't have a download, so it's not based on your PC. There's no big upfront um, cost for the software. It's just they're all subscription-based models. So, for example, Xero that we look at today, it's um, £24 a month, which is £20 plus VAT. Um, another reason why people are moving on to it, apart from the obvious of things like compliance and VAT returns, is just ease of use. Um, you can reconcile your bank, raise invoices, look at all your bills, and then generate your back return at you know, couple clicks of a button. And with it being a, a cloud-based product, what it offers is um, there's something called the Zero Ecosystem, which is there's about uh, five to six hundred different providers which can all link into your Zero to provide you additional service. That could be data capturing, inventory, and so on. Or even just recording some stuff like mileage. Anyway, so if we move on, have a quick look and see what Xero actually looks like. So this is the first thing you'll see when you go into Xero. This is basically the dashboard. Um, as you can see, the first thing you can see is this business bank account here. Now this is one of Xero's best features. Um, this literally talks to your bank, so you don't have to put any data input. Zero down, downloads your bank transactions directly from your bank. Um, so what you can see here is this is telling me that the bank account, Zero is important, 30 transactions of the bank account that we need to reconcile, we need to allocate it against invoices, bills, or you know, post it and show you what it's, what it's for. On the right hand side, you can just see a quick snapshot of what's going on with our invoices. So at the moment, we've got 11 weights in payment, we drafted to of overdue, exactly the same with our bills. So at the moment, we owe 12 bills, six of which are four overdue. So how does the invoicing work in Xero? Yeah, so the invoicing is very simple. Um, we come to this business tab at the top. Uh, so this business tab is pretty much your go-to place when you want to put in invoices and bills into the system. So we start by just having a look at the sales overview screen. This gives us a quick snapshot of where our sales are. So as we saw on the dashboard, we've got two in draft, 11 weight, 11 weight in payment, and seven overdue. If you click on those, it drills, it drills down into what they are. Obviously, one of the most important things is how do you put your invoices into the system? 
And to do that, you simply press the new button. Up, come, up comes the screen, which is quite self-explanatory. So if we raise an invoice, for example, say uh, this demo company business, um, this will work for me. So if I add myself into contact, I'm already in the system as I added myself as a contact earlier, which we'll cover later. So if we just add the information in here, uh, 30 days, it's due in. It was for, let's say, some software development. And it was £1,000. £1,000 plus our VAT. Now it's always important to obviously select the correct tax rate. This is obviously your VAT and this is how Zeroes is going to work out the VAT that's going to be due at the end of the month. What you can also add on to these invoices is um, something like a timesheet. For example, say I wanted something to be sent out with the invoice that supports the work I've done. It could be like a delivery note or uh, any sort of proof of the work that you completed. You can upload this by simply pressing that icon there. You press upload files. And I'm just going to attach a timesheet onto this. And what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to tell it zero that when I send that invoice out, I want to include this with the invoice. So that's now all added. And I simply press approve. That's now pushed that invoice into the system. So zero is now looking at that invoice and is pasting it to sales and is pasting it to the VAT account. What you can then do obviously is when you're ready to send it out, is you can either print PDF it. And this will generate the invoice ready to go. You can print this off and send it out to the client physically. Everything you see on that invoice there could be edited. So you can add your own your own logo, you can change it from just a normal invoice, and it can all be changed. Um, if I want to send this directly to the client by email, all I have to do is press the email button. So you can see this is coming to me via email. I'm going to ask it to include the timesheet file that we attached and include a PDF of the invoice as normal. This message here, that's all pre-populated from the underlying settings in zero. Um, we can go find those settings, and they can be changed if you want it to be worded differently. Um, obviously, you can see it pre-populates everything that's relevant, so it's put in the invoice number and the amount that's due. And I can simply just press send on that, and that's the invoice sent straight to the client. The invoice then comes through, and it would look something like this. So obviously, as you can see, the timesheet that I've attached is attached to the invoice, and the invoice itself is there as well. Something that's uh, good to mention here as well, is the fact that you can see on this invoice here on the right hand side it's got a pay now button that's because zero allows you to set an online payment system directly onto zero so what that means is if you've got card providers like paypal or stripe and take payments through them you can set that up and integrate it with your zero so that when you send off these invoices by email they just simply have a pay now button they don't have to log on to their online banking to pay you they just one click and they can get that, that information so that bank payment over to you that's great. Can you uh, set up repeating invoices in Xero for things like rental income? Yep, of course. So, obviously, sometimes you receive rent, and obviously, I mean, that's going to be the same invoice every single month, month after month. So what you can do, in the same way we just raise a normal invoice, if we just press new and repeating invoice, I can set up this invoice to repeat, for example, 12 months. We may change the amount after 12, after 12 months. Uh, invoice date, so let's say it goes on the 6th, uh, it's due 30 days after, uh, sorry, 30 the following month, and you can select an end date. Obviously, same as we set up the other one, so if it was to me, I put myself in the account, 
again, and then you just press save. And then all that will do is that will generate in exactly the same way we did the other invoices. And you can set that to be emailed every single month in the exact same way that we email the normal invoices. So that will be raised and emailed without you having to do anything. That's fantastic. Uh, how does the billing work? Yeah, so like we said earlier, uh, we go to our business tab and then that gives us a quick snapshot of the purchases. Uh, this screen is identical to a sales screen, so it works exactly the same way. As you can see on the left-hand side here, I've got no, nothing in drafts. I've got 12 awaiting payment and six overdue. Um, exactly the same as how we raise our uh, sales invoice to raise a purchase invoice. Simply just press new, come to a near one identical screen. Uh, so let's say, let's have a bill for helicopters. New contact, uh, let's say the bill was on the 1st of September again. It's uh, doing 30 days, and it was. Council C, it's going to be £500 plus VAT. This account code here, this is sort of like your description of your cost. So um, this was for accountancy, obviously. If I click this drop down, you can see all the different expenses categories. Um, this is important to obviously allocate to the correct thing because uh, I'll show you some of the underlying reporting later, which will separate all of these different cost volume. So once I'm happy with that, I can hit approve. What another thing that I can also do is like the same way we did with the invoice, um, where we add, added the timesheet for work, we can actually add the physical um, bill that we received onto this bill. And then this stays with this bill in the system um, indefinitely. So if I add the cost bill here, now, if I say approve on that, what you'll see here is if I go back to my purchase overview and I go to awaits and payment, we can see that bill for Ellicott is now in the system. But by a simple click of the button, I can bring that invoice back up. That's stored there forever. So we've electronically filed that, and there's just a record of that expense right there. Brilliant. Uh, if I receive a lot of bills, how can I get them into the system quickly? Okay, so there is a couple of different options you have. Um, so first thing you can do is if you receive a lot of bills by email, um, what you can do is you can forward those bills onto this unique email address. So that's unique to every single person using Xero. Um, all you have to do is you just forward your bill straight onto that email address, sorry. And what it will do is it will populate a invoice, a bill in your draft. And you see exactly the same way how the Ellicott one's got the item attached. It will attach it and it will just ask you for a little bit more information. So you'll try and extract as much information as possible. You'll try and extract the date, the supplier, the VAT amount of the total. It may just need your help posting it to uh, fuel or uh, light and heat. Um, and then once you're happy with it, you just press approve and it'll move into your waiting payment. Um, the other ways you can do it is um, there's another app that integrates with Xero that's called Receipt Bank. And um, as I mentioned earlier, it's one of the um, sorry the Zero ecosystem apps that links directly in with it. And that is a data caption app. Uh, so what it does is you take a photo of any bill you may receive. It could be a you know a, a Tesco fuel receipt. If you take a photo of it um, and then simply go into Receipt Bank, you'll see the Receipt Bank will pick up the date, um, the date, the description, the supplier, the VAT amount. And then again, it works in the same way as the create bill from email. You then push that through into Zero, and then it's uploaded and it's got the PDF attachment onto it. So you should, you could be able to click, just come to the screen, click on the attachments, and you can see all your bills in here. 
Um, another thing to mention whilst we talk about the apps and the integration is the way that um, there's an application called Credec um, that is a, a supplier payment solution. So essentially what it does is it will actually make the supplier payment for you directly from zero. Uh, so the way that it works, just to give you a quick overview, is you'd be able to be in zero if it's integrated. You can go, okay, so this month, I've done my, I'm doing my month end, I want to pay these bills by simply hitting batch pay and then going through a, another credit or like a credentials step. Um, that, that bank payment can be laid strictly from zero straight to your suppliers. Uh, you'll receive a text message to approve the payment and then that's it then, all in, all in a couple of steps. Excellent. Um, so now the invoices and bills are in the system, how do I allocate bank receipts and payments against them? Yeah, no problem. So to do that, if we come back to our dashboard, uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, this bank account is imported all of the transactions from the bank. So when I come onto this, I can see the fact that I've got 30 items. On the left-hand side down here, what you can see is that will be line by line, word for word, exactly what's on your bank statement. So that's just that's just pulled straight in. And then what Zero is asking us to do is it's asking us to allocate those and tell the system what it's for. So the first transaction you'll see is the invoice that we raised to myself for the software development services. So what Zero is asking us there is it's gone, we raised a we raised a sales invoice for £1,200 to Harry Hale. Is the money that we received the £1,200, uh, £1, does that relate to that? And if it does, and that's correct, you simply press OK, and that's allocated off of that. It's marked off as paid in the system. Um, and exactly the same with the one below it. So this time we spent £600 at Ellicott, so we've raised the Ellicott's bill for £600. Is this correct? You press yes. Again, that's cleared as that we paid it. So when we go back to look at screens like we're on the dashboard originally, where it said these invoices are outstanding, these bills are outstanding, they're now marked paid. So if I have recurring items, can I tell the system to post these automatically? Yep. Uh, so for example, if we come down here, you'll see that this is a bank for the setup for Ridgeway Banking Corporation. To simply set up a bank pool, all you have to do is go options and create bank pool. I'll quickly show you, how, show you how this is set up. So if I just press the edit rule, what this is saying to Zero is we've just told Zero that every time you see a paying that equals Ridgeway Banking Corporation, post it to Ridgeway Banking Corporation, it's for bank fees. We posted the bank fees expense account with no VAT, that's all correct. So we hit save on that. And then every single time we see Ridgeway Banking Corporation, we'll prompt us and go, do you want to post this to the Ridgeway Banking Corporation rule, which is essentially posting straight to bank fees. And then you just press OK. Again, you can see there's another one set up at 7-Eleven, so I press OK on that. And obviously as time goes on, you set up all these um, bank rules, and obviously you get better at putting in your bills and your purchase, um, sorry, your bills and your sales invoices. This screen here should just be a big, Big selection of greens, just press an OK, OK, and that's just how you reconcile your bank against all your sales invoices and repeating items. Nice and easy. So, after all of that, how do I go about sorting out and filing a VAT return? Yeah, so obviously, the reason why you're probably using Zero is because you have to, you know, you want to file your VAT return, you want that to be as easy as possible. Um, so for that we come to accounting. Accounting is where we're going to find all the underlying reports and like your debtors and creditors reports and things like that. Uh, so to run our VAT return we just simply have to press accounting and go back to. Now you see on the screen what that's done is that's 
generated a VAT return from all the information we put into zero. So this, this VAT return, for example, set up as a cash scheme. Um, you can, that can obviously be changed to uh, flat rates or calls as well. And obviously, this is done monthly. Again, if you're doing it annually or quarterly, that's just changed in the line of settings. Um, but basically, what Zero is doing is it's reading all the information we've just put into it. So it's reading the sales invoices and the bills and what we pay from the bank, and it's, it's creating this about return. Um, and what we can do is we can drill down into what makes up you know box one to four by just simply clicking, clicking the VAT audit report. On here, you can see line by line what is making up each VAT box and how much VAT I'm paying. Brilliant. Uh, is there a way I can see how the business is performing as a whole? Yeah, so again, we come back to our accounting tab and um, Xero's got good reporting ability. So if we just come to our account report, um, our report, sorry, on here you can see you've got all sorts going on. Uh, so on the right hand side you've got sales. Um, this age receivables, that's essentially who owes you money. Again, the purchases, or payables, who owes you money at a given date. You can pull those off, a couple of clicks of a button, as long as the bank's reconciled. Um, and, but obviously, more importantly, you've obviously got your financial performance and you've got a profit and loss. So by simply clicking the profit and loss, putting in whether date range I want at the moment is set to this financial year, we can obviously change that to this month, this quarter, year to date, and you can manually change these dates as much as you want to. You know, comparison period, so compare this with the last year or the last four years, if you've got the information in there. Simply press update. You can see it just gives you a quick breakdown of profit and loss. So at the moment of the company I can see is about £8,000 in profit. Um, and from this screen as well, if I think a number looks high, like for example, advertising looks high right now, all I have to do is click on the number and it will just give me a line by line breakdown of everything that makes it that figure. Is there an easy way I can see the whole business on one screen? Yep, so if you want to see the whole business, um, if you just press business and just go business snapshot. What you can see here is um, at a given date, it's just giving you a quick look about everything that's going on. You can see um, stuff like light and heat, overall cash balances, average time you're getting paid, average time you're paying suppliers. Um, you can also whatever date you And that just gives you one click. You can just see all of that information ready for you, which obviously at the moment with obviously um, you know, COVID, it's very good to have that information just at a couple of clicks. And obviously, the more and more you use Xero, the more and more reliable this information comes uh, becomes. So, for example, you know, if you've used it for four years, you've got four years. You can just a couple of clicks of the button, you can get four years profit and loss side by side. Brilliant. Um, how can how do the con uh, contacts work? Um, so, obviously, as you saw earlier, I had myself as a contact. Yeah. Um, all your contacts are stored in here. That's for both customers and suppliers. It's all very simple under one place. Essentially, here, yeah, you can see a list of all of the all the contacts that we have. Um, this is where you store addresses, names, uh, email addresses. So the email address you use in here will obviously be populated when you send the email, when you're sending out your sales invoices. And obviously the address you have in there will also populate the sale invoice as well. So it's always important to keep it up to date. Uh, if you plan to use like supplier um, the supplier payment solution that we suggested, um, we mentioned, sorry, um, this is where you put all the bank information in, this is where it pulls it all from. 
obviously people start, um, people's information changes so to change them all you have to do is press them then you can press edit from that screen you can then amend the information easily again if we're in contacts to add contacts you literally just press add contacts it's uh, just a self-explanatory list of any information that you might need it's not all needed and you can fill out as much as as much as you feel necessary and again from this contacts page what's a useful thing to do is you can send your statements so by simply clicking send statements i can see here i can choose an activity level i can choose the data or want it to be in between and i can see for example city limousines base the lowest 519 pounds so if i want to send them up a, a statement and just chase them up all i have to do is click that button I can either then email it in the exact same way that we emailed our sales invoices, or I can print that off and put it in the post. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of zero in a nutshell, that's pretty much how it works. Um, I mean, it offers a lot, lot more, and um, obviously if, if any of you listening are interested, um, please don't hesitate to contact us and we can go through things in more depth. Great, thank you, Harry and Alan. Um, so we've had a few questions in. Um, so uh, the first one I'm going to ask Alan, uh, what bank accounts can we link with Xero? Uh, so any bank, bank account really, it's pretty much every bank account. It's quite easy to, uh, to, to set up um, a direct feed, uh, including overseas banks as well. So um, if there are any issues with any smaller banks, then you can get in contact with Xero and, and see if, if, if it is something that they can, they can add in. But on the whole, it's, it's pretty much every bank. Great, thank you. Um, Harry, you showed us about um, you can design your own invoices with your logos and that. Is that very easy to do? Uh, yeah, that's very easy to do. So. Um, all I have to do is, if I click on this logo here, this just gives me a little drop down. And these are all the underlying settings that Xero um, uses. And obviously the first thing you can see is invoice settings here at the top. So I just open that up. You can just see how it's set up here. So just by clicking options, I can change the logo and I can also edit all of these settings here. I simply edit. And obviously, yeah, you can change the margins on the invoices. So if I wanted to, if I wanted to get, for example, the tax bit off of my invoice, I just do that. And then all I have to do is press save. Um, up here, you've got the different alignments. And if you want to show you to have your VAT number, if you want to get rid of the unit quantity, that, this is where you do it. Again, down here, you this way you put your bank details. Um, it's just all there, ready to use, really. And all you have to do to put it through is just hit save. Brilliant. Great. Uh, you mentioned Receipt Bank. Are there any other apps that you would recommend for small businesses? Uh, yeah, so um, Receipt Bank itself is very powerful. Um, like we said, it's just data caption, so it, it streamlines putting your bills into the system, basically. It does it from a couple of photos, and it just stops you having to put manual, manual entry, basically, and it stops you having to put out some spreadsheet or put into the system one by one. And alongside that, um, another one we recommend is just uh, Credic. Um, 
there are other, other solutions as well, but um, essentially what it does, it just speeds up that supplier payment process. Um, you just simply select where you, um, the invoices you want to pay from zero, and with a couple of clicks, you can have that money leaving your bank and uh, paying your suppliers. Okay. Uh, does zero file my VAT return directly with HMRC? Uh, yeah, it does indeed. So uh, if we go back to the VAT return screen, all you have to do to file that HMRC is you hit the file now button, uh, you put in your um, government gateway credentials and then off it goes, that's filed. You just have to, it doesn't make the payment for you um, unless you've got a service like credit set up. So you obviously still have to, if it goes that way direct debit, all you have to pay and you still have to do that file. Okay. Can I see the amount I need to provision for corporation tax at any point in the financial year? Um, you can't, uh, zero doesn't work out on, it, on its own. Uh, that's something that you would have to put in. Um, but uh, like we said, when you're using something like the profit and loss, uh, so you can obviously use your profit and loss um, just to gauge how much you think that's going to be. Obviously at the moment, just looking at that, if I was having a quick fly down, I would be looking to make a provision of uh, you know, 19% of £8,000. Um, in terms of putting that, you can put that provision in yourself um, using manual journals, which uh, we didn't cover, but we recommend you contact me if you want to start using the manual journals. Um, but yeah, but you can you can base the profit figure for the corporation tax from the P&L reports, which it produces. Okay. How do you close a period or year? Uh, so Zero doesn't actually, uh, it doesn't work like um, systems like Sage or QuickBooks or the desktop where you used to close down the year. What you do is it stays active, but you just simply lock it. Um, so to lock it, we would go to accounting, advanced, financial settings. And then what I'm doing down here is I'm going to tell the system that no one can make changes to the information before the 31st of March. And then that just locks it. So that's then, no one can change the information that's in there before that date. And you press save. Um, if for whatever reason you need to change that, you can unlock it. You can just come back here and you can unlock it again. If you want to make a quick change and then obviously save it. We obviously recommend you, you don't do that if, um, you know, if it's locked and accounts have been paid on it, but it's, it's there and available. Okay. Can you tell us how the coding is done? Uh, in... In terms of, I don't understand the obviously if there's underlying coding with it. Um, there's a there's a feature called bank uh, bank coding, bank trans uh, cash coding, where you can um, reconcile things by bulk. Um, I'm not sure if this is what the question is aimed at, but for example, I can go, I can sort this by payee. I go there or parking. Put it into. Yeah. And I'll go and allocate things out this way. So if I'm going to put all of that for the time being, just to make some moving expenses, so it's maybe two of those, and then I can reconcile things by bulk by doing that. I'm not sure if that answered the question, but um, that's the, the cash coding part of it. Okay. Um, how are capital and revenue items distinguished? So that's all done by the chart of accounts. So zero has an underlying chart of accounts, which can be found in the accounting and chart of accounts. So if you come to this tab, you can see here that each account's got a type. So 
you've got your bank, your revenue, your direct costs and your overhead, which are all PL items. And then if you scroll further down, you've got your current assets, your fixed assets, your current liabilities, your non-current liabilities. Uh, this is the underlying chart that underpins all of the codes that you posted when you raise bills and invoices. Um, you can create your own new accounts if you feel that you need to. If you want more description, uh, all you have to do is obviously come to the screen, press add account. You can choose what type of account it's going to be, or if it's going to be a, a new expense account or a revenue account. Uh, give it a code and a name. Um, give it a default tax rate. It's always got a VAT on it. If there's never VAT on it, press save. And then that's then in the system. And then when you raise bills or manual journals or sales invoices, those codes are available to use. Okay. How do you do a proper month end with details regarding accruals? Um, so you'd be you'd use the manual journals essentially. So um, if you're doing a month end, like we just saw, saw with the um, the locking of the periods. So you do your month end and um, you post your manual journals using the manual journals tab. Uh, to add a new journal, you can simply press new journal. Um, if you're doing a month end with accruals and you're going to reverse things out every month and then repost new uh, accruals for the next month. You've got an auto-reversing date as an option. So, for example, I might put my accruals in for this date, post the journal, and then have it auto-reverse next month, and just so it's all done uh, very quickly. Um, but again, yeah, so you just use the manual journals, post the journals that you need. If you need a reversing date, put that in, um, and then uh, block the period. Um, one good thing that you can use if you're doing things like month and you have things like prepayments, is you can set up uh, prepayment repeating journals so that that journal that prepayment wind itself down without you having to do it so you set up the, the prepayment journal to debit and credit wherever it needs to go and repeat every month for say four months and that will do the prepayment for you brilliant how does it work with an invoicing system that links with stock control um, so that kind of depends on the invoicing system you've got and whether they integrate with zero themselves um, Zero has a inventory um, inventory part of it, um, but yeah, it all depends on essentially the the invoicing system and the stock control you're using. Because a lot of them we are finding do link in with Zero and they're fully integrate and then they, they talk to each other. So we put Zero goes into your inventory and your, in your sales system, and then what you put in your sales and inventory system also goes into Zero. So that's sort of like a question. I would Google essentially zero and then whichever sales or inventory provider you're using, and it will tell you, or um, drop me an email and I can look into it, uh, look into it for you. Okay. Um, how do you allocate an invoice to a purchase order where the invoice is only for part of the order? Okay, so no problem. So basically um, when the amount isn't completely uh, paid, I assume. So it could be a, a part payment, for example. Um, if we try and use one of these as an example, um, if we just come back to touching on that, obviously you've got this match tab essentially. So in here, I can see I've got this smart agency. This is a spent money. Um, if I wanted to find all the smart agency bills I've got in the system, I can search smart. It comes up with uh, two transactions. I click both of those. Luckily, they agree. Um, but for example, say we had one that didn't work. Um, let's try and find an example here. So if we went for, 
let's say we had this ACL cognitive um, matched it and it actually related to this base, um, this power direct invoice. I know they don't match, but let's say this £85 is a, is a part payment on the power direct invoice. To allocate that, all I have to do is hit that split button. And it's just turn and allocate a part payment of £85 against the total balance. Split. Okay, and that's posted. Brilliant. And um, there's just one final question, which um, goes back to the coding question we had earlier. Um, it relates to how is the coding for, uh, sorry, to enterprise done? Uh, coding to enterprise. Um, I don't, uh, don't think I fully understand the question. So if, um, I mean, whoever um, has asked the question, if you want to give me a call or an email, and I can go over it in, in more detail and understand the question a bit more. Okay, brilliant, thank you. Well, thank you to Harry and Alan for the presentation today. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll be sending the recording round this afternoon, so do look out for that. But if you do have any questions in the meantime, our contact details will be on the email as well. So do let us know um, if there's anything you need to know. But thanks again for joining us and we'll see you all soon. Thank you.